excuse the carnival music because the Oilers are a fucking circus right now. Uh, welcome to the second episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always, well, for the second time, uh, by Miles Fuchs. Miles, how's it going, man? Not too bad. Uh, two for two, Nolan. You could say that's always. I think that's pretty consistent. 100% accuracy. That's not too bad. No, I mean, as long as we're as long as we're shooting for 100 and we're not and like we're not shooting for like 60%. Shooting like James Harden for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> no, uh, I'm I'm currently shooting like yes, I pull YRV and completely ringing it off the post every time. Uh, that was a big groan, not a small groan, not a medium groan. That was a big groan. Well, I'd say that if we're going to talk about groaning in the three games so far or what I would call a groaning sandwich, which would be like the top and the bottom layers would be a groaning. And then the middle is this like lovely piece of like of, of, of steak or something like that, because the the top and bottom layers were fucking stinky. It's a it's a filet mignon in between like pieces of old tire. That's that's how I'd sum up the start of the season. <laughs> well, if you ah, haven't, <laughs> if you don't know yet, we are currently three games into the Edmonton Oilers season, and they started off with a big fat turd against the Vancouver Canucks, losing what five two. I I can't even remember the score now because it's pissing me off so much. Uh, and then a big game two win, huge, huge, huge win. Thank God, uh, boosted by a Connor McDavid hat trick as well as an assist. And Leon Dreisel had having a nasty four points. But boy, did they come back with just a big scoop of poop in the in the third in the third game, uh, losing five one to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so we need to talk about this and we need to kind of unpack everything we're looking at for the next, uh, for the next, what, 53 games. It's, um, hopefully it's not going to be a long season, but what are you thinking so far? I don't even want to talk to you. I'm so sick of it already. Nolan. I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> I'm looking at our, I'm looking at our script and point three is, are we worried? Question mark. Uh, we'll get there. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, good. Everything's great. Everything's great in Oilerville. Um, you know what, Nolan? Why don't we just get right into it? Uh, early impressions of the new guys. Um, yeah, looks great. Uh, Cahoon got towed into a fucking oblivion by Nick Suzuki. He went feet first into the boards. I thought he broke his tibia. I got nervous. Um, but other than other than that uh, spit and chicklets moment, they posted it on their social media of him just absolutely getting loser um he's actually looked pretty good uh, i think he's been driving offense on that line not driving offense on that line like settling him obviously doing that, but like he's been a factor in it he's been a net positive overall what are, what are your thoughts on cahoon i've been i've really liked cahoon um two one and a half out of the three visits that we've seen of him so far um yeah it seems like he's really developing that chemistry with uh dry settle pretty well because they you kind of see like those sort of you know behind the back passes and all that stuff um the th- problem i did notice maybe in the first game was that he was deferring to leon a little bit too much which was kind of making me a little bit nervous because you're kind of thinking to yourself oh is this guy just gonna pass it to leon expecting this to go in but 
I'm not really I'm I, I I can't really have an opinion just yet, but I've liked what I've seen. I'm a little bit concerned, but not totally if that makes sense. I know I kind of sound like I'm all over the place, but um yeah, I I I I would say that as a net I would say as a net rating, he's probably a positive so far. Um how uh how are you feeling about Kyle Turris? I know this is one that we disagree on. Um, at moments, he's looked really good. Like, there was a specific penalty kill moment in the uh, filet Mignon game where he picked off a pass on the power play. Like, or, sorry, they were on the penalty kill, and he picked up picked off a pass and shot it down the ice. And I was like, oh, look at that vision. That's a guy who spent time on the power play and knows where the puck's going, and he's going to be a thorn in their side. And then there's been other times where I'm like, who is number eight? And what? Like, why is Ty Ratty back and? I'm trying not to swear as much ruining everything like just having absolute uh gaffes in his in in his play but like that third line we were in episode one suck Jesse's toes we were so excited about what they were going to do and I'm honestly a little bit disappointed not a little bit disappointed I'm a latte disappointed in how that third lines look from especially from Kyle Terrace yeah i I would say that in the second game especially, I was a little bit more bullish on them because I really liked what I saw from Yesipuli Yarvi. I know that he had a rough game yesterday. I think he was actually a dash two yesterday, which is uh, not so good. Half the team was a dash two yesterday. Give him a break. <laughs> well, I, I I will say though, I was I was I was so far impressed with Yese. He's um He's showing off like a lot of the a lot of those smarts that we were kind of expecting from him. He looks like he's a hell of a lot more engaged. He looks like he's willing to forecheck. He looks like he's willing to backcheck somewhat. And there was a pretty key play in the second game before that uh, before that last second McDavid goal, the one that uh, I want to say put them up either one or no put them up two nothing. I think it was the first McDavid goal where he scored with like 0.7 seconds left. That one very nice, of course. Um, that one was the one where I had noticed that he he I mean he was the one that set that all up. He went on the big breakaway and then obviously just put it on the net. And then after that, it was kind of like okay, well, at least the faceoff's coming back in in Vancouver's end. So um, luckily that turned into a goal. But I'm noticing he's a hell of a lot more engaged. He looks a hell of a lot faster. He looks still kind of like Bambi, but maybe like also cross with like like a gazelle that's being hunted down by a lion. Um, but I, I'm, I'm so far, once again, net positive, I'd say, but he looks, he looks better than last time. And, but I do think that there is going to come a game where he's going to have like three goals because he's, he, you can see he's actually, he's actually getting chances. He had that really nice play in once again, in the Vancouver game as well, where he put it like behind the back for Josh Archibald, Josh Archibald just couldn't finish on the Thatcher Demko. But I do believe that game is going to come, and I maybe like the idea of moving him up with with McDavid and Nuge at this point, especially because we don't know how long Cassian's going to be out after the birth of his uh, newborn. What daughter was it? Was it a girl he had? Um, family guy. That's not Cassian. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he nailed it on Pooley RV. Um, I got a buddy who's a big Flames fan. You're going to hear from him, Kyle, if you're listening. Thanks for your support. Um, and he is in a fantasy hockey league, and I was like, "Is is Bowie Arvey available? Did anybody draft him?" And he's like, "No, he's he's up there." I was like, "Pick him up, man. Thank me later." You know, like I said, smash the over on the goals. And he's like, "Yeah, he's a free agent. I'll take him." But if he doesn't have five by the start of February, I'm going to drop him. So not looking great for me. Um, 
I don't claim to uh, to know the future. Not a not a gypsy, but uh, I I think he'll get there. Like you said, there like just the way that he's hungry for pucks and chasing pucks down and like poking pucks. He's a big guy, six four, a lot of length there. He's able to uh, poke pucks and get them out and extend plays in the offensive zone with with his ability to keep kind kind of the tenacity that he has. So I don't know. I I'm not scared about Pooley RV. Um, yeah, like you said, put him with Nuge or McDavid on that top line while Cass is. Yeah, you and I were talking about it over text, and I kind of said to you that I'd like to see what he does in the penalty kill, actually, because I think with his speed and his length, he could actually um, he could actually be pretty valuable, especially if you want to keep him with Kyle Turris and have him like be like that mentor role to Yesse. But um, yeah, no, I've 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 liked him so far, but I'm once again cautiously optimistic. It's Everyone had a rough game yesterday, and in all reality, like, Carey Price was just really good yesterday, like, phenomenal yesterday. So, I'm not totally, like, 100% off the, you know, we're looking at another season of missing playoffs and another season of worrying about Leon and Connor. But what I have been impressed with is Slater Cuckoo. He has looked... So good for a just a nice bottom pairing defenseman. Just makes smart reads. Just makes the smart play. He doesn't try to be too flashy with it. You rarely see him pinching, but if he's going to pinch, it's to it's 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 doing it in a uh, um, what a, a smarter way. Just if, if there's if there's no better if there's no better term for it, he's kind of playing actually that role that I was hoping Caleb Jones would be in right now, which is just playing smart disciplined hockey um and not allowing the odd man rush every time but we need to we'll we'll get to caleb jones after but i've really liked what i've seen from slater cuckoo what what are you thinking nolan are you uh i have to ask you a question are you a beatles guy do you like the beatles i do he is the d-man cuckoo cachoo oh it's okay i was a little i was a little too emphatic there <laughs> no, I really like what Slater Cuckoo's been doing. I think he hit the nail on the head. He plays, I think, pretty good with Barry off of each other. Like Barry being a or a guy that has a little bit more offensive instinct and the ability to jump in on a rush. And like Slater scored and has, I believe, an assist as well. Like he's been showing some players in the offensive zone, but he's like very sound defensively. Um, he's out there blocking shots. Putting his body on the line. Boys are loving it. They're giving him pats on the back. Um, yeah, I'm going to buy a jersey. Nolan, we have to talk about something quick here. I, I need to change the subject. Um, okay. One of the coldest takes that we have ever made in the last episode was about, uh, oh, yeah, Forsberg, yeah, third goal, you're going to be great. So here I am talking about how big I am on Slater. Watch him get put on waivers and picked up by Carolina or something awful to that extent. Um uh, Hopefully that doesn't happen because I'm a really big fan of Slater Cuckoo and I think he's been playing really, really good. So hopefully that stays true. I think there's probably a higher chance of Caleb Jones being sent down and thrown on waivers than Slater Cuckoo because boy. Oh no, I know, I know. It's been it's been a it's been a rough go for Caleb Jones so far. Um, and he's and he's a Trump supporter. Yeah, like so. 
I've, I've made this joke to you, but this is also a joke I've wanted to, well, I, I guess more of a brand I, I want, I want to, I want to put on this podcast, but, um, I have this, uh, I have this, this like fake team I call, um, that I lovingly refer to as the <laughs> 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 that I, <laughs> that I ever so lovingly refer to as the Tony D'Angelo all-stars. <laughs> <laughs> which includes pretty much every American forward that plays in the league <laughs> besides maybe like Blake Wheeler. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know about Austin Matthews, but like, my God, I think like you can count like Logan Brown, Josh Norris, uh, uh, Ryan Paling. I, I honestly don't know, but uh, yeah, it's just, if, if you want, if you want just, a, just a good read, go look at Caleb Jones's likes on, uh, on Twitter, it's a gold mine of just of hilarious takes on there. Um, a, a hell of a lot of Candace Owens, <laughs> uh, a decent amount of Eric Trump. But boy, I can't believe it only took us the second episode to dive into politics. <laughs> but but no, I it, it it's just tough because I really like Caleb Jones as a player, and I think he was awesome last year. But fuck, has he been not very good this year and it's it's just been tough to watch him and adam larson have just been a i i don't know what it is because they looked really good last year but this year it's just been it's been rough so far and now once again it is three games so we probably need to you know pump the brakes on it a little bit but it's been it's it's been it's been rough so far Uh, that's how i would sum up me watching uh caleb jones for those who can't see, I have one hand on my forehead, I'm elbow resting on the table, and I am sad. And that is how Caleb Jones has made me feel. Um, like Nolan said, I agree wholeheartedly that we were expecting big things out of him, and you know he, he's going to be the he's going to be a guy that has a breakout year. Look at these metrics, you know, advanced puck analytics. He's unbelievable. And then Adam Larson plays with. Is he a Bauer guy, CCM guy? Do you know what he wears? I have no idea. To be completely honest, he could he could you know, be a, he could be a Sherwood guy for all I know. You know, uh, it doesn't really matter because I think that he's actually playing with cinder bre- uh, cinder bricks on his feet. Just seeing how he's jumping into the play and how he's moving around. Uh, awful blown attempt at a hit um, that sprung Bo Horvat for a goal in the first game, like. Man, that that second pairing has been a rough spot. And I think that that's the perfect segue, Mr. Nolan Schumann, to get into the third point here. Are we worried? Um, if we if we are worried, if we are worried, it has to come from the back end because there's a lot of a lot of promise in that forward group. Um, you know, that offense takes a little bit longer to click and, and get going. And with Connor and Leon, that can happen any night, as evidenced by the second game. But I think if there's anything to be worried about on this team, it's got to be that defense. And we knew that coming into the year. That isn't, uh, you know, a blinding realization or anything like that. But it's very, very apparent three games in, and I think it's only going to get worse. So, uh, Long sip. It, I, I honestly have no words. I, 
I think what I was really hoping for is that there would be this off season of buying in and, you know, you always hear coaches talk about it all the time, the whole idea of like winning habits and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just simple hockey plays, I guess, is, is the, is the frustrating part. Like this is what, this is what makes while I guess I, I need to kind of re- like rewind here, but what makes the Slater cuckoo being good thing really depressing to me is that he's a bottom pairing defenseman. And I'm sorry, we should not be uh, blown away by the play of a bottom pairing defenseman. Am I, am I, am I taking crazy pills here? Like we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised by a guy that just makes a smart play with a puck. Like it's, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking for much here. And it just it just goes it just goes all the way down the lineup. Like I Tyson Berry, while he I've thought he's been really good so far in certain in certain points, he's also had some really rough moments. Um I'd say to be completely honest, I haven't I, I would say he's probably been my third, maybe fourth favorite defenseman so far uh um on the team, and it's been it's been mainly because he's actually able to he's actually able to move the puck. Like I I I just watched him make a simple breakout pass from 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 the Oilers zone yesterday and I almost fell out of my chair because it was like something I I've I've never seen before. Like I, I haven't seen this in forever. And I'm almost thinking at this point, do they bench a guy like Adam Larson and put Evan Bouchard in because clearly like you just need puck movers because it's just, it's just not working. And I, I don't know what it is. Like I watched him. I, I honestly can't remember who the Montreal forward was, but I just watched a, just a Montreal forward, just make a simple rush down the ice and get into the Oilers zone. And it, it was just a routine play. It was a routine play of just back checking by a defenseman. And somehow the forward gained momentum on him and turned him. Like I, I, I don't, I do not get it. I do not understand why Adam Larson is is is. Re- it seems that he's regressing like to an an absurd degree. You know, if he still has a back injury, then fine. I you know I get it, but it's so tough for me to kind of look at this and say, yeah, this guy's a quality top four defenseman because he's he's playing like a bottom. He's playing like a, not even a bottom pairing defenseman. He's playing like a, like a seventh D right now. Like I just. We're we're broken, man. To to have like our like like you're saying when we see guys like Slater Cuckoo, like I applauded what you said. Like when we're that stoked about meeting expectations, it, it's so sad. I'm laughing because the only other option is to cry. But no, I I totally agree with you. That's absolutely mind boggling. Now, it, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, the question was. Are we worried? And while I am worried about the play of the defense, um, because it just seems a lot of the same mistakes that they were making last year, we also do have to kind of take a step back and say it's been three games because we could if we if we're not gonna overreact to game one, then we can't overreact to game two. So, you know, the play that we saw in the first game of um bad reads in their own zone, just not clicking on offense, like there was so much bad puck luck that was involved too that we ca- we have to kind of take that into consideration before we start making any, any like huge proclamations about how the season is going to go. 
Yeah, but it's it's been it's been three games and they've given up two hundred and one shots. Like, yeah, that's great if it's nineteen eighty four and you have Wayne Gretzky who's gonna score, you know, fifty goals in thirty seven thirty some games, right? Like, that's fine, that's okay. Yeah. But that isn't that isn't the NHL anymore, right? And like yeah. while you can't while you can't be worried about you know three games and whatnot, the puck's got to get through five guys before it gets to Koskinen, and I think this will be a nice natural segue into goaltending, like. Yeah, our forwards are there's some depth there and things are working out and they've looked really good. Like that game against Montreal, that first period was awful. Third period they looked okay. Second period was a mix of both. But like, you cannot be giving up that many shots and expect to win games. You you just can't. No, absolutely not. Even like the even like the second Vancouver game, they were giving up a they were giving up a shitload of shots, and that was that that was really concerning as well. Um, I'll make a. I know we're going to talk about goaltending, but I just want to make one last point on the Montreal game yesterday. The there were a couple factors that went into it. Obviously, bad reads in the defensive zone, as per usual, and just giving up shots for sure. Um, they also did meet a really hot Carey Price, who was who was everywhere. It, it seemed that no matter what they put on him, because there were some moves where. And any other night they're going to score on that, and it was it was it was absurd. So they actually had a stat that that had actually showed up during the third period, and it was the puck possession time in the whole game so far. Um, and the puck possession time was actually pretty shocking because uh, Montreal. So this was with eight minutes left in the third period. Montreal actually had seventeen minutes and fifty eight seconds of puck possession in the entire game and Edmonton actually had 21 minutes and 55 seconds if you talk to most people most people will say puck possession is going to win you hockey games which I would agree with um so that's kind of why I look at it as maybe a bunch of bad bounces and yes they're they are they were not playing well at the same time we also have to understand too that it's essentially an extended preseason they haven't had any preseason games so I'm I'm trying not to get too disheartened. I'm trying not to um, overreact. I'm also trying to remember too that they have only 53 games remaining, so they have to get their shit together like ASAP. Um, but we need to get into the goaltending because um, I, there's just so much going on right now. No, I, man, you you hit the nail on the head when when like Carey Price is world class. Like when he gets hot, he's gonna win you a game. That's that's the unfortunate reality of, of things, but. What I'm having a really hard time with this season is like m- remembering night in and night out that we're what happens with Eastern Conference teams, like traditionally Eastern Conference teams members. Because like normally I wouldn't be swearing and making a big deal about it on our podcast about losing to the Canadians, whatever life goes on. But like, damn man, those two points are, are in a shortened season are really, really big. Yeah. And this game. This game against them tomorrow is gonna to be is gonna be a huge statement game. Like they're gonna to have to come out with some fire under their butts and 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 score some goals right off the hop, much like they did to Vancouver. But they can't be that inconsistent, you know, especially with their defense and their goaltending to win this division and and do something in the playoffs like we want them to, like we hope they do. Uh, Michael Smith, yeah, Mr. Mike Smith, L- LTIR for two weeks. Mr. For two weeks, um, that's tough. That sucks. Smitty got a lot of hate this off season when he got resigned. I made a joke to you about uh, uh, when when Smith got resigned is when Connor McDavid had COVID nineteen, and 
COVID, uh, there was a meme going around where Connor was, it's Connor McDavid at a computer and he's Googling, like, is hallucinations a symptom of COVID? <laughs> because Mike Smith got for all that. <laughs> but, like, you know what? Mike Smith and it plays really well with Nico Koskinen, can still play games in the NHL, showed it last year, maybe not in the play-in, but is, is a good guy to have yeah. in a duo. And having him out really, really sucks, especially when we lost Forsberg. And gets everyone fired up too, which I think yeah. is a really underrated aspect of his game. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm a, like, I obviously put a lot of value in talent and certain advanced metrics. Like, I, I put a lot of, I put a lot of value into those. But there is something about like, like a little rah rah guy that that you that, oh, yeah. that you need in the locker room, and I think that 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 goes a long way. I mean. You know, you even look at last year with like Tampa Bay, and then the year before with St. Louis. There are so many raw, raw guys on that team, and like guys that, while while Tampa was kind of uh, while Tampa was kind of one of those teams where they had both that like bottom six that were just gonna like beat the ever living shit out of you, but they were also weirdly really good with their advanced metrics. Um, there is there is a lot of value to be placed in um, in this sort of bringing the boys together and kind of getting everyone fired up in order to go win some hockey games. So um, I, I am obviously not too happy that he's uh, that he's on LTIR for a couple weeks, and especially with how Miko played yesterday. Uh, I mean, obviously you can't allow, you know, 40 shots or however many shots they allowed yesterday and expect to win hockey games, but Jesus Christ, that um, – that there is there is the Tatar goal I think that was right after the right after the power play ended and just got like just got him glove side and it was it was such a small window it was that window between it was that window between the glove and the post and it was just like that's that's a goal that you need that you need to save and some people might disagree with me on that they might say oh uh you know well they shouldn't be allowing that but that's just that's just something that y- you need to expect and you need to be able to have that and Obviously, Miko Koskinen has had a bit of a reputation with his glove hand um, ever since he first came to the Oilers, so it doesn't shock me. But um, I- I'm trying not to get too worried about him. But holy shit, there's big cause for concern with Smith L- LTIR two weeks, whatever it is, um, just because of his age. Like, there's going to be a lot of wear and tear on him throughout this season, and if he's going to have something that could Potentially, like I say, I haven't really released any information on what it is. If it's going to end up being something that's lingering or re-aggravated or whatever, like there needs to be a contingency plan in place from the goaltending perspective to have guys that can step in and play games. Because Biko Koskinen, you know, just like you said, um, there's been concerns about his glove hand and his play, yada, 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 for a while. That means that there needs to be somebody that can step in on a, you know, other every other night basis and play for them. And I don't think Stuart Skinner's that guy. Um, just, you know, he had great numbers in the ECHL played on a shitty Bakersfield team last year where, you know, he got hung out to dry a lot of nights, but again, didn't have great numbers was awesome in juniors, but you know, you see that how many times with goalie prospects where they're unbelievable in the WHL or OHL or what have you. And then they get to the NHL and it just never really materializes. I.e. we went Irving. Um, so like there needs to be something there. Well, <laughs> Well, let's let's welcome let's welcome the savior down, the savior to the Edmonton Oilers season, Troy Grosnick. Um, I think that's how you pronounce. Sorry, it. Did you say Grosnick? Grosnick? Gro- Grosnick? Grosnick? No D. No D. No. No D. No D. No gross dick. No. Oh, oh. 
No, no chap, no chapstick dog, dog dink. That's gross. That's bad. Mom, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, so Edmonton has put the claim in on 31-year-old uh, – Jesus Christ, I can't even speak right now. 31-year-old Troy Grosnick, uh, who has a whopping two NHL games played under his belt. Um, now, with that being said, 941 save percentage in those two games. But at the same time, these games were also five years ago. So not encouraging, but <laughs> – 941 is not bad. Uh, he is a career AHLer. Now, the one thing I will say about him is that he's been really good in the AHL, uh, especially over the last little while. His career AHL stats are a 2.52 goals against average with a 912 save percentage. I should also mention he was a AHL goaltender of the year in the 16-17 season. And last year with the Milwaukee Admirals, he played 33 games and he had a 2.29 GAA, or GAA and a 920 save percentage um so that is kind of encouraging um but at the same time he cannot play until his quarantine is over because he's coming from the u.s so i think it's 10 days it could be 14 depending on the situation um i've always known it as 14 but it could be changed i'm i'm honestly not sure at all but i'm i mean sure why not right so do you have any thoughts on them? <laughs> you always have to be excited by seeing a resume like that and seeing numbers like that because, like, you got his record. Do you have his record up here? 33 games played. Didn't he win a shitload of games for them last year, that Milwaukee team? Um, Just give me one second. I'll, I'll try and pull it up. Because, like, I don't care. Well, well, you're being stats guy, Nolan. I don't care, really, like, as a, as a fan, coach, player, GM, Jack Eichel – like if you're a career AHL or if at your level you're playing you're winning I don't care what your numbers are he was 29 and 5 last year like 20, 20 wins 20 no 20 wins 9 losses and 5 still, overtime losses still pretty still good pretty good yeah, yeah you can't be mad at that um so if as long like if I don't know if he can come in and, and get hot and play well and give the guys a chance it's really all that you can ask for so yeah, jump on board. I'm gonna be a Troy guy. <laughs> Team Troy. I'm not talking. I'm not talking <laughs> high school musical. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all we really have available. The other possibility is Aaron Dell, who was just waived by the Leafs. But I almost kind of want to give Troy a bit of a look because you never know. I mean, he, the, like I said, the guys played two NHL games, so we could be looking at a guy that might come in and and steal some games. I've um. I've actually tallied, or I've not tallied, but like I put together a list of, oh, man, of some guys really that were sort of coming in um, really hot from the AHL uh, and kind of sort of looked at how old they were when when they came over and like what team they played for and all that stuff. Um, I don't know if you can really compare them favorably to Jordan Biddington and uh, Matt Murray because when those guys were playing in their, in their uh, respective seasons, they were like AHL studs and... Jordan Biddington, Jordan Biddington was 25 years old and Matt Murray was 22. So you can't really compare the two because obviously Troy Grosnick is 31 years old. So he's an older guy. But the one that I kind of sort of think of him as is like this, obviously like we're talking, we are talking about an AHL goaltender right now. So I, I, I realize that we need to pump the brakes right now because somebody's probably list, like listening going, you are overanalyzing an AHL <laughs> goaltender, but 
<laughs> this could be the this somebody could be a situation. No, somebody on the somebody on the other end of the podcast is like, chill the fuck out, guy. You were out of your <laughs> But maybe, maybe could he come in and be an Andrew Hammond? That that 2014-15 year with the Sens where he brought them to the wild card round? We don't need... I'll throw a burger I'll, on the uh, ice. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I'll take a nice feel-good story. Now, when the Oilers decide that they're going to offer him a you know five-year contract worth $6 million a year, that's when I get a little concerned. But, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm all for it, man. Like let's let's see what he has to offer because you never know. I mean, this guy could actually be like pretty decent, but it's uh Man, I'm in I'm speaking it into existence with uh Forsberg getting picked up by Winnipeg or whatever. Uh this dude are we gonna get uh Laurent Brassois the reunion tour? Oh yeah, I guess he I guess since that's a good point, man. I didn't even think about that. So, remember when he got torched against? He was on the Jets last year, and he got torched for a one-handed goal against <laughs> some bird liner on the Devils. Dude had one hand on his stick and roofed it on him. Like, okay, okay, that was Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman was like a pretty integral part to a Stanley Cup winner last year. Oh, so, sorry, Dad. I don't know if I could totally say he was. He like, scored with one hand was on his mean. stick, man. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Former Edmonton Oil King. Memorial Cup winning Edmonton Oil King. From Port Alberni, BC, with the name Laurent Brassois. Man, talk about an identity identity crisis, eh? That poor guy. (laughs) God, he's hot, though. He's hot, guy. He has he has such an unreal mustache and goatee combo. Like, I, like it's like it's like a hold on. I want to see if he still has the if he still has like the soul patch he had going on. And oh when no! He was on the, when he was on the Oilers, I was following him on Instagram, and there was a couple of times where I was pulling up my phone and I was like, "God, genetics are not in my favor." Eh? <laughs> yeah, well, and he's also six three. Like, I I would yeah. give anything. Um, <laughs> but I mean. That first year after he left Edmonton, he was fucking awesome. He was 13-6-2 with a 252 goals against and a 925 save percentage. Guys out here playing like Patrick Waugh minus the nationality. Come back to me, it's almost easy. And then last year he mightily came down to earth playing like the uh playing like the 2014-15 Edmonton Oilers with a 328 goals against and an 895 save percentage. Not a good look for him, well, but Con- also not a good look for the Winnipeg. Connor Hellebuck <laughs> and Laurent Brassoir playing in front of fucking paper mache defensemen. <laughs> you're putting up those kind of numbers and then your other part of the goaltending duo is like, nah man, I got this and just absolutely rips a Vesna. <laughs> So uh, it's tough. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing Laurent Bastard back. Um, the uh, the list of free agent goaltenders right now is a little bit sad looking. Uh, I, I think the biggest name on it is Mike Condon. Or sorry, no, let me rephrase that. The biggest name on there is recently retired Jimmy Howard. <laughs> so uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if we're. I don't know if we're nabbing him anytime soon. But uh, Mike Condon is probably the the biggest name that's actually still left on there. But we can't have Grotek uh, and Condom yeah, on the team. That's insanity. <laughs> 
So, yeah, the goalie the the, the goalie situation is is sad right now. Do you have any Do you have any last little last little tidbits on on the goalies? I do, Nolan. I certainly do. Thank you for bringing this up. Um, I've been very negative today, and I apologize for that. So I would like to uh, flip things around a little bit. Um, Miko Koskinen is a big guy. He's Finnish. Um, two years ago, he got absolutely exposed on the glove hand side, and everybody was like, yeah, that's what you got to do to score. That's that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. And then he put in the work that offseason. Actually, little known fact, with Kobe Bryant's old athletic trainer, he came from L.A. Oh, or wherever he lives in the States. Yeah, and he went to Finland and worked with him all offseason on his lateral movement and his reflexes to like get him prepared for this And season. his J? And his, yeah. And he's and just then, got a drippy J now? 360 dunks and never pass him. R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. And he came out last year and immediately got tested on the glove hand side and was astronomically better. Still not fantastic, but quite a bit better than he was before. So Miko Koskinen can put in the work. Um has the numbers to show that he's you know more than serviceable but like i said it's about limiting grade a scoring chances and the number of shots that he faces and not freaking hanging him out to dry um because that's not fun for anybody and that would make the best goalies look bad as well so hopefully things can get figured out on that back end the forwards find their footing you know um puli rv Torres, all those guys that we were talking about earlier get a little bit more pep in their step play a little bit more consistent and things come together. So I'm having a little realization here, Nolan, just before you get into your uh, next point on the agenda, that you know what? Maybe things aren't that bad. I'm starting to see color again. Uh, got the rose-colored aviators on, and let's see what happens. <laughs> Anyways, so I need to get to a point that has just been a big bugaboo for me in the first week of the season. Boy, this is this is a major deal to me. The f- Fucking jersey numbers are pissing me off. So I was saying to you, Nolan Dangles, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I was texting you last week, and I had said this. This is this is not good. This is very frustrating to see. So pretty much everyone on the team has their like sick numbers and all that. Like you know, Leon wearing twenty nine is awesome. Connor wearing 97 is awesome. Dominic Cahoon wearing 21 looks, just looks tasty. I even like Yesse changing his number to 13. That looks really sharp. But holy shit, can we get Kyler Yamamoto a new number? Because 56 is atrocious. That's a that that like, do you know who wore 56? Timu Hardakainen. <laughs> we don't want Kyler Yamamoto becoming Timu Hardakainen. So we need to, uh, this is my petition for a new number for for uh, Kyler Yamamoto. I've said to you that I think he should personally wear 26 because it's close enough to Martin St. Louis and I'm assuming they're both like the same height, so maybe that's like a somewhat of an inspiration to him and it also would just look cool cuz like 26 you just imagine like a speedy winger. Uh, Evan Bouchard still hasn't gotten his number two he's supposed to get. I understand that he's not an everyday player yet, so fine. He doesn't get a number yet. But 75? I, like, I'm sorry, but when Evan Bouchard's in the lineup, I don't want him wearing 75. Like, you gross. The biggest catastrophe I've seen was not even on the Oilers, though. It was on the Vancouver Canucks. Braden Holpe is wearing number 49. That is completely disrespectful to the human eye. You are you are a former goaltender. You you like is forty nine not the not just heresy. No, forty nine is like 
what you wear when you're playing like you're playing like lower level midget hockey in let's say Lloyd Minster and they got three sets of jerseys for the team and the goalie cuts are very like limited and they just phantomly got them printed in high numbers and low numbers and you got stuck with the goalie cut in 49 you're like fuck is this my only option really like okay i guess i'll wear it what did he used to wear holby i'm trying to i'm trying to think uh, i believe he wore 70 70 in washington i think hold on let's just let's just yeah, confirm 70, that i'm 70 I, in washington I, you're right okay good 49 dude who hurt you I mean, I know Tanner Pearson's wearing seventy, like, fine, like okay, but like, could you could you not resort to like thirty or thirty two or something? And Koskinen wearing nineteen. Oh fuck! Don't even level. don't even get me going with that. Like nineteen is meant for like a cool, like a cool top Joe six Sackick. center. Yeah, Joe Sakic, Marcus Naslin, Jonathan Taves, uh, uh, Joe Thornton. Say Marcus like, Naslin, please. Oh, by the way, on a side note, can we just can, can we just mention it how Joe Thornton is like stealing Connor McDavid valor right now? Dude, he's the wish version of Connor McDavid. You order Connor McDavid on Wish, and you get that <laughs> big burly back. Dude, I want to. I, I, <laughs> I saw Matt Nolan. I saw the funniest tweet uh, from like a random with like seven followers on Twitter, uh, Oilers Twitter. I have to pull it up. This is too good. It's uh, Eric Carlson slander. So I think that that's something <laughs> that we can probably all get behind. Um, here it is. He's XL Bear. Uh, imagine being at San- imagine being at San Jose Sharks with that anchor Eric Carlson. My God, that guy couldn't care less out there. Keep growing the hair, dude. You look like the Wish version pirate. <laughs> he looks now, like the old Tampa Bay Buccaneers logo. I know, I know. Eric Carlson's probably not scrolling the back pages of Twitter looking at insults, but like. That's gotta hurt. He's fallen so far, man. I and I, I love Eric Carlson, and you probably remember as well as I do. But like, I was I was banging that drum for them to make a trade for Eric Carlson because, I mean, in a perfect world, Eric Carlson on the Edmonton Oilers would have been unreal. Like, imagine him just sending passes to Connor McDavid, and like you just pair him with like a decent like defensive defenseman. But Slater. yeah, yeah, exactly. Top pairing defenseman Slater Cuckoo. <laughs> No, that's been that's been a bit of a tough look for that's been a bit of a tough look for the Sharks. But to my to my point though about about uh Joe Thornton wearing ninety seven, like I wanna have you ever watched like a stolen valor video? Yes, when guys scream at dude. Those rule th- yeah. yes, those rule. I wanna s I wanna see a video of some like hockey purist coming up to Joe Thornton and being like being like, You didn't earn that. Dude, I, I I'm dating myself here i remember where i was when i found out joe thornton got traded from the bruins so seeing joe seeing joe thornton in 97 is like i'm that i'm that spongebob meme where he's like kind of like what like what's going or mr Krabs, where he's like what's going on everything's kind of blurry around him that's me looking at jumbo joe in 97 um what the hell were we originally talking about? And this is this is what you're gonna this is what you're gonna Jersey this is what numbers, you're gonna, keep it what you're gonna find for the one for one podcast. <laughs> but yes, Miko Koskinen wearing nineteen, that is also heresy. Shooms, do you know how to do you know how to put like sounds in, like really like obnoxious sounds? Cause I I want I want like a uh do you remember in Call of Duty like 
like are are you talking like a uh are you talking like a radioactive like activities going on outside and like we need to alert everybody in the area yes because you made an absolute discovery on instagram about one of our uh, one of our oilers players no one would care to tell us what you found the discovery i found on instagram so i was i was i was just perusing through instagram because just as one usually does and so uh, I was waiting for a ferry to arrive, and it was taking about an hour or so. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look through Instagram. Like a boat, a ferry? Is that what you said? Yeah, I have to, I have to work, or um, like some of my work that I do. So in case anybody doesn't know, I work downtown Toronto. So I actually have to take a ferry to Toronto Island for a little bit, and so I was waiting for the ferry at Toronto Island. And unfortunately, they go ever once every hour, so I didn't make it on one. So I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting. And so I just play on my phone for an hour, basically, which is awesome. So I was sitting on my phone, and I was looking through. Uh, I was looking through my Instagram Explorer, and obviously, like I watch sports. I follow. I follow a lot of sports. One of them's football, and so one of the people I found on my Instagram was Melanie Collins, the uh, the sideline reporter for the NFL. Now, big fan of Melanie Collins, as I think a lot of people are. And so I was going through uh, her Instagram and saw that actually she has a photo with James Neal. And I was like, man, what what the hell? I went to go – so I clicked on the tagged – like the tagged person. And the tagged person was under as uh, 18J Neal. And I was like, 18J Neal? Oh, nice. Okay, sweet. Like it's James Neal. So I click on it. And it takes me to a locked account with like 300 followers. But one of the followers is Connor McDavid. And I'm like, what? So I search James Neal on Instagram again and find an open account, which is the one that he like posts on maybe once every uh, every solar eclipse or something like that. And so now I'm wondering, how do we get past the rope on getting into the James Neal hidden Instagram account? Because there's got to be some juicy details on there. I don't know, man. But, like, I, I get it. I think if I was ever famous stuff like that, where everything you do is scrutinized by two guys in their kitchen um, on a podcast, you probably, like, wouldn't want to toss up pictures of you, like, sucking back beers with your old man at the lake. That'd be so cool. I like to imagine that there's just like the wackiest shit on there. And one of the things I'm just imagining is that, um, is that James Neal is trying to do like rocket skates from like Jackass. Do you remember, do you remember like, no, dude, he's I'm, I'm Johnny Knoxville and these are my rocket skates. He probably has like, like a, like a boomer ass presence on social media. <laughs> sharing like blurry pictures and stuff. Like if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve it at my best. Yes, this shirt – or I'm married to a very lovely sideline reporter, and yes, she bought me this shirt. Like, does that type of shit? It's like something along the lines of like, uh, in this house, we drink North American beer, and we stand for the anthem. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> or it's like, oh my god, <laughs> we stand for the anthem. <laughs> we stand for the anthem. <laughs> So, um, in case anyone was wondering, yes, James Neal has a burner account. So I, I, I just wanted everyone to know that. About, Nolan, I didn't know this about me until literally, you know, three minutes ago. Uh, but my life goal is to get access to that account. I need James Neal to be my buddy and I need to be 
Again, Instagram official friends with them on his real account. That's so. That's what's it. the that's what so? What's the game plan? Do we want to try and get media passes first, or do we want to get access to James Neal's hidden Instagram account? You're insane if I'm going to give away my life's goal on this podcast. Somebody's just going to steal it and do it. It's foolproof. <laughs> just you wait. Just you watch. We're coming for you, press box. We're coming for you. And about three years, we're going to be calling the games uncensored, but we're going to be calling the games. <laughs> And we're going to be doing the national broadcast too, where apparently you're not supposed to be biased whatsoever. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Zach Cassian deliver a cross check to the back of the head of like Clayton Keller, and be like, "Oh, that's a bullshit call. They should not be throwing him in the box for that one." (laughs) Oh my god, that's I think what sports is missing. Honestly, man, is like commentary from guys that are just just don't give a shit. What? us and do, do a nice little intro for our buddy here Evander Kane big news so I, I I wrote in the notes here 21 gun salute for Evander Kane so I don't know if we uh if we actually want to play like a theme if we want to play like a 21 gun theme 21 or if we want to sing the green Fun fact, I saw that song live with my dad in 2009. Yeah, so I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to clown on the guy too much because I, I it's it's really sad what, I, it, like, it's honestly really sad what he's going through because, like, the guy is apparently $27 million in debt, something along those lines, and he's being sued by a bank company. So I don't want to be, like, I don't want to laugh at it too much because it's obviously a really tough situation. I, I mean, I know some people that are pretty close to me that have some pretty substantial money issues. And like when you get into something like that, you're, I, I, I think a lot of it, I was, um, I was actually listening to a podcast, uh, talking about it and I can't remember, I can't remember who brought it up, but it was the idea of like, you're a rich guy around other rich guys. And it's, it's even as simple as like those guys that just get rookie contracts and they blow all that money. And cause what ends up happening is you're around all these rich guys that essentially influence you to spend money to the degree that you end up spending money. Now, obviously you can't completely take all the blame off of, off of Evander King. Cause it seems a lot like a lot of it is due to like gambling and stuff like that, which is obviously terrible. Um, please gamble responsibly. Just as a side note, I like, I do my fair share of gambling. When I start to get really cold, I have to tell myself to stop <laughs> because anytime I do actually hit, uh, I'll usually send Miles a photo um, with my face uh, <laughs> photoshopped on Kenny Rogers, the gambler. <laughs> Absolutely. Does. Oh, man, it's not funny that Evander Kane is going through these trials and tribulations, but like, I just think it is kind of funny looking back on things that he wanted to scrap Logan Paul so bad because before it was like, oh, yeah, man, fuck Logan Paul. He's a pussy. Like, got to fight him. Yeah, he shouldn't be talking shit. Evander Kane would beat the crap out of him. And now you're like, oh, he wanted that because, like, things yeah. were not good. <laughs> that was that was, that was was a saving moment for him that he didn't get. Like, he was under all on black and nobody could get a fight. <laughs> it, it also doesn't help too that he has like the he has like the picture of him holding the of him holding like the stack of cash pretending to talk on the phone <laughs> which oh, yeah that's a a, like in hindsight that that that's a really tough look but um no i mean i think he just had a daughter so good for evander kane um i hope that he's able to 
find some help and he's able to get through this but uh no it's it it's in one part really sad but in also on a side that's maybe a little bit more demented it's 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 a little funny but um do you have any do you have any last thoughts on, on the evander kane situation no it just uh, sucks uh, at least he's young enough and good young enough and good enough at hockey that he can probably make a little bit and you know what no uh no mistake is is really a mistake if you learn from it unfortunate but he'll come back from it this this isn't going to be the end for him totally and and I, and I feel like you always hear about this a lot where you hear about the situation of like uh you know big companies or like big businessmen like having to you know having to claim bankruptcy and then eventually they like really pull their shit together so it's I'm I'm sure in the long run he'll be fine because he's got like another I don't know five or six years left on his contract so I'm I'm almost certain he's probably going to get another contract afterwards he's what I think he's thirty is yeah is he thirty he was oh nine draft so twenty nine twenty nine thirty yeah something something around those lines so he probably still has another contract left in him at least but no we uh, the the one for one podcast shows their uh, shows their shows their support in the uh, twenty one gun salute for uh, for Vander Kane that's pretty much it for the topics on today's pod uh it's been it this this has been really quick and really streamlined today i i think there's been a lot of improvements since the last one yeah, really quick we're an hour <laughs> we are long, long john we are <laughs> um the upcoming games for this next week before the next episode so uh no upcoming games we got montreal tomorrow please for the love of god and then we've got back-to-back Toronto games on the 20th and the 22nd. So a little bit scared for those, but if the team can pull a rabbit out of their ass and they actually play well tomorrow and they kind of take that energy, this is, this is my, this is my big point with the team is like, they have to take that energy they have from those big wins and they have to translate it into more wins because you can't play one game with, uh, you know, a shitload of emotion and then go into the next game and have nothing. Right. So, I'm really hoping that they can bring that to the next game. Yeah, I agree. If I was, uh, let's do the optimistic ostrich here. Um, I'm thinking they went against Montreal, they split in Toronto, and they beat Winnipeg. I'm thinking three out of four this next week. Knock, knock on wood. So then we'd be, what, three and three after that? I've hunted. Which, it. Which is fine. I mean, it's going to be a really competitive division, and you have to take one of those Toronto games because they're obviously going to be, they're going to be our biggest threat. I shouldn't say R. That makes me sound like such a homer. Um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any more thoughts uh, for the next week or so? No, man. I told you there. I think it's going to be three, four this next week. Um, I found so far that when I wear royal blue or watch uh, games with my buddy Tris, they lose. So I will not be speaking to him this week, and I will be wearing orange. Yeah, I wore. Oh, I, I should also mention to you. Yesterday, while we were watching the game, I was actually eating my uh, homemade chicken wings again. Third time I made them. Chicken wings. How'd they turn out? What'd you put on them? Uh, once again, for the sauce, we did. Uh, we did uh, a cluck wing sauce. In case anybody hasn't tried cluck wing sauce, it's fantastic. It basically takes all of these, uh, um, all these what would be regularly tame flavors like garlic and honey garlic, and puts no them. Ads, Nolan. Don't and, some, you're giving them way too much. <laughs> puts a little zang on him <laughs> but it's don't check it out um clucking wings if you ever want to get at us you know how to, you know how to reach me 
we'll take free sauce. Thank you. But no, I had some of those while we were watching the hockey game and I wore my orange after I finished eating my wings because there was absolutely no way I was going to try and eat messy chicken wings with a jersey on. So I'm really happy I didn't uh, or else I would have turned it into the the fucking alternates, which by the way, on a side note, not a fan they open the season with the alternates back to back. That's a little weird. Uh, I don't want to do this right now. Everybody's beat me up about these alternates. I like the alternates. I really like them. And yeah, I'm kind of weird to start the season with that, but you know what? Bring off. I, okay. I, I like them, but it's a little weird to start, like to start back to back with them. That's all. Fair point. Nick. Maybe the other jerseys were just in the wash and they just didn't have enough time before the season started to get everything cleaned up and get them in the stalls or whatever. And that's just what was ready. (laughs) On that note, I think that'll wrap it up. This, uh, I'd like to once again, thank, thank miles for joining me on today's episode and thank everybody for listening this has been the second episode of one for one. Uh, did you have any final words to our lovely, uh, loyal listeners so far? Thanks for tuning in everybody. And as always, go Oilers, go Oilers, go.